We want the funk. We want the funk. Two in a row. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Winner's Lounge. All of that stuff. <laughs> Nuggets get the win over the New York Knicks. A beatdown. And then, like, this, like, extended second half they just had to kind of get through. We'll just call it a beatdown. Yeah, we'll just call it a beatdown. 132 to 150. It really was a beatdown, man. 83 points in the first half. That was insane. The ball- that is the most points that any NBA team has scored in a half. That's incredible. Nuggets on fire in the first half. Kind of skate through to the second half, but there's no shortage of great things to talk about, including the Denver Nuggets bench, who was incredible. And I got the homies here. I got Superstar Dev. I mean, what a good game uh, for the second unit and just guys that really needed a pickup game. Um, In those type of uh, situations, the Knicks are coming on the second night of a back-to-back. So you need your second unit to, like, take off, and that's what the the Nuggets did. So really good game for them. from them. I also got Brendan Vogt here. Yeah, rare sight to see the Nuggets roll, and Jokic never really gets too involved. I mean, that's an exaggeration. He was still Jokic, but... Uh, he wasn't He wasn't at his best, and yet the Nuggets were tonight. I kind of think this was a bad Jokic game in a lot of ways. I mean, he did go, as to your point, 21-11-7, 8-14 from the field. So, I mean, any, even his bad nights are good. He did have the six turnovers. Yeah. But how weird is this, guys? Plus one for Jokic? Plus one, I mean, it's not a negative, so it's there. But a plus one in a game you absolutely dominate. But like I said, that's because not because of a bad thing, but because of a good thing. The Denver Nuggets bench was fantastic. Is this a swan song for Jermichael Green? In the pregame, we talked about and we've seen the reports. He's in, you know, available Nuggets maybe willing to part with him to, to move on from him. He comes out tonight and absolutely has a fantastic game. Maybe his best game of the entire Probably. season going two of two from the three-point line. He had 20 points on six of seven shooting. Just seven shots, 20 points. That's pretty impressive. Dev, what did you see out of J. Mike tonight? First off, it was just like a a perfect situation for J. Mike. Uh, It was a New York City brawl type of game that he's (laughs) used to. Um, But also, like, for if you are looking for an actual uh, trade, for the Nuggets front office, it couldn't have been, like, more perfect of a situation. He does not have to play over 20 minutes. So when you pitch into teams, you can say, hey, we didn't showcase him. He played really well, and, and he got to play. Um, he scored the basketball, knocked down his three-pointers, got to the rim, very aggressive and physical, and matched that um, type of physicality that the New York Knicks was like not afraid to have. So that was unarguably his best game of the year. And he's found success, guys, blitzing pick and rolls, and, and he's stripping these yeah. ball handlers. Two yeah. more steals tonight. That's and forced more than that. Like He personally yep. got two, but he yep. forced them. And that's been a calling card of his these last three, four appearances, so... You know, Jamichael Green was a good player last year, and I think a victim of the construction of the second unit as much as anything, and still probably the right guy to trade out, but this would be one hell of a way to pump your value up before the deadline. Happy to see him play well. Yeah, I mean, that is the thing. Like, when you talked about maybe the configuration, obviously we've talked a lot about that and maybe why he got off to a slow start playing out of position, this or that. But he also just missed shots. That too. I mean, like, he wasn't he very a good. Lo- yeah. A lot of wide open pick and pops, and it got frustrating because it's all Denver could do. But tonight, he looked good. And here's actually my my biggest takeaway personally when I was watching this game. That second unit tonight, Austin Rivers is out with a hip injury. Davon Reed goes in for him. Mm. I kind of sneaky loved the way that second unit fit together tonight. Now, 
Huge caveat that this was a bad Knicks team that's reeling and on the second night of a back-to-back, the guys they were going up with, you know, not necessarily a great second unit for the Knicks. But you know what? Throw all that aside. They just look like they – I mean, when you – what was it, a 25-5 to run or something they went on at that, that stretch? Bones Highland, we're going to talk a lot about him running the point, and Bryn Forbes. That's a lot of spacing from your backcourt. Davon Reed, some length. Then you got Jermichael Green and Zeke Naji. I just, I really loved how that unit played together tonight. And I don't know that we've seen that unit a whole lot, to be honest, with Davon Reed there. I just, oh, go ahead, please. I was going to say, just especially when uh, guys are knocking down shots. Uh, Bones wants to push the pace every single time. And, and he's going to be a, a down, you know, hill type of um, player that just, like, he, 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 he controls the tempo for both teams. But he's also kicking it out to guys that are knocking down three point shots. And when they get that rolling with him, um, as confident as his shot has been as of late, it's going to be hard to like slow them down. Um, and they had with that unit, you have guys that don't really create. So everybody knows their role. Bones has the ball in his hands. He's creating for other guys. Everyone else is knocking down shots and it just becomes hard uh, for a team, especially like the, the New York Knicks that really don't have the guys to like keep up that type of pace on the second half of back to back. So everything did just work out well for that second unit. And that's with Zeke Naji going 0 for 4 from 3 and Davon Reed going 0 for 4 from 3. So right. I know the other guys right. did shot well, but you can also expect those two to shoot better. So, I mean, I like it. I I have written and said before I think Rivers has been good this year, and it is still also true that it probably makes sense to put Reed in there. Or at least situationally. Situationally, yeah. Yeah, at least situationally. But here's what I'll say. So I just looked it up. We actually haven't seen that combo of five players tonight. And I know there were staggered lineups and everything else. But those five guys we haven't seen. And when I just think about what kind of lineups, at least offensively, make sense, that one to me, it's like, okay, you've got enough spacing. You've got enough length. You've got shooting on from your interior players. So I kind of like it. I'm a little bit surprised we, we didn't get to see it a little bit sooner. Um, but again, it's a lineup that the trade deadline is in 36 hours. I don't know if we'll ever see it again because there's a chance some of these guys get traded. But if not, if the Nuggets do continue through, you know, further on, if Austin Rivers is out three or four games, I'm kind of excited to see that configuration play more minutes. DeMarcus Cousins isn't with the team in the next game. I'm excited to see that. Uh, against a couple different types maybe they're not maybe they don't win 27 you know plus 27 or whatever but the guy who i think is going to be our DraftKings sportsbook king of the game and the guy who has the most encouraging today really it was the two young players but we're going to start with bones highland tonight he goes six to twelve from the field including four of seven from the three-point line 22 points six rebounds three assists a game high plus 27 i thought he was fantastic for large stretches of this game for almost most of the game that he was out there and not just fantastic as in on two fronts he did a good job of doing the important like point guardy things get everybody into their sets but then he was also dynamic he did the hot sauce stuff i mean he dropped alec burks he had like he had some big time plays where you're like man that guy is so talented this was a great game from bones think about uh the fact that it's a rookie that like really brought that energy and yep. he plays like in a way that it feels like he's been in the league for a long time like he's the one that especially on a quiet team like the Nuggets, he's the one that gets them going. Yeah. Um, and they look really look for him to be that electric player um, and for him to set the tone the way that he did. Not only did he lead the Nuggets with the plus minus, but he also led them in scoring. As a rookie, you just don't see those type of things. So, like, when he gets going and, and he's firing on all cylinders, it's so hard to, like, slow him down as far as just staying in front of him. But also he can shoot the three ball, which – now makes it even more difficult to like defend them 
and then he's has unlimited range. So like really, if you're a guard that's on you know Bones Island, you have no chance against them. Right. And then he's now starting to like understand the game and, and see it slow down where he's able to make the extra pass, where he's able to to break them down and go finish or or dump it off. So like I'm I'm glad that he's just learning on the fly and he's starting to see a little bit more things. Uh, there's still things that he has to tweak, but he he, he looks good right now. He's such a vibe merchant too. He, like he really rides the highs and and the, he he dropped. Was it Burks or Kemba? I can't remember. Kemba, he, Kemba, right? Hits that three in points. And I always think of this clip where Jamal pulls Bones aside, come to the sideline way earlier in the season, and he says, "Talk yourself into the game. Talk yourself into the game. We need you." And I do think Bones is that just on a roll kind right. of confidence guy. Yeah. And once he starts feeling himself, he's feeling himself, and we saw that really snowball tonight. What do you think of him pointing, like? Let's be honest, man. It's like a little. It's a bit much. It's but, a bit much, but it's also like oh, awesome. Man, I loved it. I'm like, is. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. That, that's a good uh, celebration. Like he fell down to the ground <laughs> and he such just a pointed. <laughs> he pointed at the ground, so like it wasn't like yeah, at yeah. Him direct. So yeah, like, well, and then he runs back, and you already know how he gets himself <laughs> it wasn't going. Direct. There's he a little, pointed in the vicinity bah. of him laying on the floor. Oh, that's that's dope. Like really, like we know what type of player. Have Kimba, ever, the Kimba step back. Everybody remembers oh, that yeah, play, yeah, and that course. was trifling. Like yeah, it really yeah. was. So, like for it to go back to bones, <laughs> like I love that. Like right back in Kimba's face. You ever pointed at somebody? You ever cross anybody up and pointed at them? Not like that. That's why I really liked it, <laughs> especially for like it to be a three pointer. Like after he just like made him fall and stuff. Like they like the whole play was together. Like that was good. Like I wasn't that type of player. Anybody ever point at you? No, no, I hope I would <laughs> yeah. never. I really hope I never end up in that type of situation. Everybody's been crossed, but not that. He might have given a little bit of a. Very different. First, nine out of ten ankle brinkers, like you pushed or you stepped on. Yeah, yeah for part. sure. Come on. For it's sure. like the Chris Paul to Steph Curry it's one. So just trips him, broke his ankles. I'll take Michael Jordan's, one of his most iconic shots is just him shoving the hell Shoving the hell out of his Yep. So, but hey, man. No, hey, listen, it's dope. And you know what? I, I was going to say. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like a point guy. But yeah. you know what? The Nuggets have been labeled as soft or whatever. Right. You got trade shushing them in their own building. So it's cool to see a guy play with a little funk and and uh, edge to him. Trey shushes everyone though. Trey plays like with this. I think when you're small or skinny or undersized, let in me capacity, stop you right there. You got. Yeah, yes. You just got to bark. That's correct. That's yep. He's got to bark. He's got to talk a lot of trash. Uh, you got to love it. Uh, he was just for real good tonight. And I want to talk about Zeke Naji as well. 11.7 rebounds, including four offensive rebounds for Zeke. Mm. The second stint was a little bit more, you know, mixed. But that first stint, the numbers disguise how good he was. I honestly think the first half was his best stint. He was one stint, but it might have been the best he's played as a nugget. Defending the perimeter, I put this out on Twitter, and I saw. I, I said I think he might be the number one best perimeter defender on the whole team. And I saw people say, you know, like Davon Reed or Faku or or Aaron Gordon. Yeah, maybe. Like I don't know. The point is, Zeke Naji right there in terms of how well he just moves his feet out there. Definitely. That the fact that you could even include him in the conversation with guard. When you have a, a big who can guard on the perimeter, it's like impressive if they can just do it in a pinch. Like, oh, you got switched on an island. Zeke, I kind of feel like when he gets, they kept trying to switch off Bryn Forbes and get Zeke, like run the pick and roll to get him on. It's like, what are you doing? Attack, Go, attack Bryn, Bryn Forbes. <laughs> Zeke Naji, you can't get around him. He, he had, his defense in that first half I thought was incredible. And he continues to just add pieces to his game. Like he, he's 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 like starting to become like really a lot more aggressive. Like the tenacious yeah. Zeke yeah. really has been coming on where he's not shying away from guys that he once was or um 
you know, stepping back on everything and getting everything blocked. Like he's really to the rim and trying to make things happen. Um, in that regard, you can you can see that he's getting stronger, but also he's earning minutes both ways. Right. He didn't knock down shots, but he still played well enough to be on the floor and to make an impact in the game. And that's what Malone wants. That's what he needs is a guy that's going to be aggressive in, in that energy, yeah. especially on a night like tonight where they didn't really have a backup center option. Right. So like you put him in for those like small minutes. You also have him in help side a lot of the times, and I think that's where he's going to be best at. But he just continues to like add pieces to his game and he's putting together like a really good stint where yeah. he's he's going to be in the rotation. Right. And then offensively, yeah, he's over 4 from 3, but on that side of the ball, arguably his best game as a big. Just the rebounding right. presence, the presence around the rim, the stuff we don't typically associate with him at least to date. And that was definitely def defined his first half. He was aggressive, he was tenacious. It's a bit, but it applies tonight. And Zeke's been playing well for a minute now. This is yeah. this is looking like another good find from Tim and Co. And this is the thing about tonight's game. Like when you play teams like the Knicks, who are on a second night of a back-to-back, -back, winning. Okay, you're supposed to win. Yeah, of the, course. the line was of big. You're supposed to win. But can you get moments like this? This is why this game is so encouraging, and why there's funky music and everything else. Is those guys need time? They need minutes. And tonight, you you want like Jokic to provide those. Like hey. A team like this blow the doors off. They didn't do that. Tonight, Zeke and Bones earned just extra minutes because of how great they were. And to me, that was what's so encouraging is you watch Zeke and you watch Bones. I think both of them have improved in important areas from the start of the season, especially Zeke. To me, I look at Zeke. I don't know if you guys are, are here where I am. I look at Zeke and I think I feel pretty confident about him in a playoff series. And I feel pretty confident about him long term as a piece on Denver because he does two things that Denver really needs shoot and defend the perimeter. And that's something that I did not see at the beginning of the season. And that's why I feel like he really has been right. one of the, the best improvements because I wouldn't even imagine him in a playoff series because I just didn't think he was ready. He didn't have the um, time on the court where you could like trust in him. And we were um, coming off of the worst summer league performance we've ever seen. Like in the history really of yeah, There was as no guessing how bad be. he was. Yeah. I'm like, there's no, he, he's got to be out of here. They're going to get rid of him very soon. <laughs> But, like, they stuck with him, and, and now, like, things have worked out where he's getting more minutes and he's making the most of those opportunities. So I am, like, I am in that camp of thinking he really can give you some valuable minutes. And also, if you put him out there, he's not going to get exposed, and he's actually going to help in a lot of the ways because you're going to need, defend, like, defenders in the playoffs. And I feel like he is that, and, and he can knock down a shot, and that goes a long way. But you could throw, out, throw him out there for a few minutes that, that you really are going to need. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 in on this, and he's a Jokic player too. I yeah. really like the idea of him in a yeah. playoff rotation shooter rotating in around Jokic. It's fun. I think he's solidified himself. Good on him. Yeah, I, I'm just so high on both of those guys, and you know, Bones obviously is much more up and down. Like it's uneven. Zeke is just so solid, but he also doesn't have the peaks that a Bones Highland has. But I just the season is so much to me when we look at what would qualify as success for this season, of course, like winning a championship is the ultimate team success. But short of that, I do think developing those guys and really knowing where they fit in, not just to are they good and like you can count on them, but where do they fit in? Is Zika a Jokic guy? Is he a yeah. bench guy? Is Bones a Jokic guy? Like where do these, these, guys, these pieces meet? And tonight I just felt like you got a good sort of sense of that, a good hold of that. Um, Bryn Forbes tonight, I don't really have too many notes on Bryn Forbes. He knocked down two three-pointers and they were big. He helped obviously space the floor he had six points two rebounds two assists do we have any Bryn Forbes notes um like late in the game there was like a, a part that he was doing extra uh passes 
um, and whatnot. Um, and and they got blamed on Barton, but it was actually like Forbes that should have took those shots, especially because he had things going and he is knocking down those shots. But you could see like him having to to like think about it. You could see him like starting like he he doesn't really feel like he fits yet, so he's still trying to prove himself. So I think at times he doesn't want to be too selfish. But they're like, hey, let it fly, let it air out. So um, that was like a game from from Forbes. I, I feel like especially against the Knicks and they were up big. Get yourself going. Get yourself in a flow where they're going to like trust in you and they're going to want you to take those shots because later in the season they're going to need you to be in those type of uh, situations. So not the overpassing from Forbes. If you have an open shot, I want some, I want some, want him to shoot it. Do you guys feel like you've learned anything new about Bryn Forbes? Nope. I kind of feel like nope. I, know exactly I know exactly what who this he is. situation is yep. here. Shooter. All right, check. Move on. But you know what? Tonight, it's funny. I kind of like that he played 15 minutes and only got six shots up. I know that sounds a little crazy because six and 15 minutes, actually kind of a lot. But I, but that just shows you sort of the flow and the rhythm that the, the bench had. And a lot of that was good defense leading to fast breaks, so you weren't right. just like, you know, he wasn't just running off screens, this or that. Um, what about just overarching, before we take our first break, overarching about that, that second unit? I mean, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but is there weaknesses you see with that second unit that make you – or do you feel like, hey, that's a group that kind of makes sense there? Consistency. I just really want to see that because I really do feel like they have the pieces that you need for a second unit. Um, they have their ball handler who, you know, they really want to build around and can score in different ways. They have their defenders. They have their bigs. They have, you know, yeah. everything. They just have to keep putting it together. Not Very just switchy one, lineup. Yeah, like not just one, one game. And then also against those – good teams are like better second units can they like do those type same type of things can they um bring it to those type of teams in the same way because we have not been seeing that so i want them to just put a few games together where we could say hey this is like a group that you could believe in because right now it's up and down yeah i mean i have a ton of doubts about the five-man unit consistency is definitely the key word right we've since the faku switch we've seen some some yeah, ups course. and downs and you know they're all on or they're all off uh but I, I am starting to feel better about what a shortened rotation looks like in the playoffs with a couple pieces coming back, and you're only handpicking some of these guys to rotate in, right? right? And you're not trying to configure five-man lineups. And a part of me is starting to feel like, okay, there's there's two or three guys there that I, I feel good about. Um, Bones is going to be a bit of a roller coaster, but I think we all know that, and I think we're all down for the ride, so... I, I would say for me, paint pressure is still big. Like Bones did a good job of that. They also just got out in transition today a lot with that second unit, so it didn't it negated it. I do worry there's not a lot of teams that have a big off the bench, you know, that could play like that. But that group I don't think can handle that. Um, and then perimeter defense, like Bones and Bryn Forbes weren't murdered tonight, but I do worry like that. Definitely, the, that's like okay, there could be a team that could really take advantage of that. Why don't we take our break? On the other side, we're going to talk about the starters, including Jokic's night, which is kind of a weird game from Yoke. Weird energy, and it reminded me, guys, it reminded me that I think this happens every year with Jokic right before the All Star break. I think Jokic is definitely one of those guys. When Malone said we're all sick of each other, I think Jokic is sick of everyone right now. That was my read on tonight's game, but we'll talk about it on the other side. Cool. Uh, I forgot I was doing the reads. So Every time. Cool. Unbelievable. And then I thought, you know what? It's always if, the same read to start. We, but we it's, always it's would not. laugh. Like, you remember, like, uh, Michael Beasley forgot his undershirt or this <laughs> or that? Vote every day. Every single day. <laughs> every single one. Rips off the button downs. No pants. We have a brand new partner here, guys, and you're going to love them. Green Chef. 
I don't know if you guys have noticed, I'm down a little bit of weight here, about 15 pounds since Looking the new good. year, I think. Looking a little good. Here's what I love. You guys, these uh, these meal uh, companies where you could order meal uh, food straight to your door, they've gotten better over the years. Like every year they kind of get a little bit better, and now Green Chef, I think, is the top of all of these. Why? Because they have lots of different types of diets, keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free. They've got great, delicious selections for all of those. And here's the cool thing. Enjoy your greens while being green. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, uh, offsetting 100% of their plastic packaging in every single box and 100% of their carbon footprint uh, and emissions. This is what's so cool about them. So they're a sustainable company. They've got delicious food, and they can uh, meet whatever diet restrictions that you have, including my beloved keto diet that I love to do. Uh, they have great meal options for that. So check them out. Go to greenchef.com slash dnvravs130 and use promo code dnvravs130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's uh, that's greenchef.com slash dnvravs130. The Super Bowl is coming up and you can get skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook. There's also a bunch of dope specials. We will read those to you right now, the moment we've all been waiting for. The official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, DraftKings is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer, you can experience Super Bowl 56 with Super Bowl 56 props instead. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. DraftKings, safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, deposit with all your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code DNVR and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DNVR, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-476. Seven zero zero. Back here on the DNBR Nuggets podcast, aka the DNBA show, uh, Nuggets post game show. So the bench was incredible. The starters, not so much. And I'm being serious about this. I kind of, do you guys vaguely remember this? Jokic before the All Star break, just being a little more irritable. Like tonight, look, Taj Gibson is is incredible vet. He just realizes if you foul every play, the first three plays, the officials are like, all right, it's a physical game tonight. Taj Gibson had 12 fouls tonight. He had 12 fouls. They only got called for six in 27 minutes, but he could have fouled out in like six minutes tonight. And I feel like, one, it got under Jokic's skin. Like, he always gets annoyed by that. But also, I just feel like Jokic, he wasn't about it tonight. He saw the bench took over, and he's like, sweet. I get the night off. Yeah, he was a, a bit quick-tempered um, in the game, too, because he is starting to get – like, just pummeled against those type of guys. And also, I think what makes him a little bit more frustrated when it comes to, like, a Todd Gibson is he's like, who the hell is this that's beating up on me the entire time? Like, usually he there's knows like Todd a, Gibson. Yeah, though. but I'm saying there's a respect factor. Like, oh, this okay. guy is as good as me. I'm going to try to go after him. He knew that he had the advantage on Todd Gibson every single time, and he didn't want to just attack it. Um, I really do think that he's uh, so like he's at the point of getting up for games, and that was a game he looked second night of a back-to-back for them. Not a good center, he wasn't going to go up for them. I say if they had Mitchell Robinson, he would have tried to go at him, um, of course, because they have that history. But also, it's just a better center. So like, I feel if like he, he loves going against Mitchell Robinson. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of feel like that's yeah, like his favorite sure. opponent. But if he feels like he has like an advantage, I don't think that he really goes at him the same way because it's just not a mental edge where he can get other people going. I think he's such a good, um, you know, team. Like he has a barometer on the team and yeah. he knows exactly what to like do with the squad. That he's like, hey, this is a game that we should win. Get other people involved. So maybe 
you know, we could turn, like, steer this in a, in a different direction. So I think this is a game that he understood the situation and just coasted. I think that Jokic remembers that game very well. Game 82. Game 82. Yeah. Because Taj Gibson was the first. That was actually the first time where we saw tier one scorer Jokic. It really was. People don't remember this, third quarter, right? 16 points or something. 17, I think. But, yeah. He was just like that Clippers game. Like, he had that look on his face. And we hadn't really seen that yet to date. We saw it in little, little pockets spurts. here, but that was like pressure game. Who's going to step right. up? Who's got it? And, and some guys didn't on the Nuggets, but Jokic did. He had it that game. That was the first time you're like, man, this guy. Best player on the floor by a mile. And then yeah. Taj Gibson shut him down. And by right. that, I mean he was the first guy to learn you're allowed to just foul you're the shit out of him to. as much as you want. And I think Jokic remembers that. I really yeah. do. And you might be he, right about I that. I mean, it was one play in tonight when he stopped to say he has the two hands yeah he's got two hands on my back that was actually um, hilarious i love that, that play was hilarious. it was really early in the game you're right because really Joke, how did he not get a tech for that because that wasn't <laughs> a like hey ref he's pushing me he's like oh come on like, he was like mocking the the official <laughs> definitely did. actually an all-timer for yoke it, it seemed like hat. he was uh it seemed like he was on his way towards an ejection but Look, I, all's well that ends well. I like it would have been great to see him maybe in a clear headspace tonight. But as, if anyone has earned in, like an off night, <laughs> it's it's Jokic. So no harm, no foul in the end. No harm, no foul, indeed. Um, do you have any other Jokic thoughts about tonight? I mean, do you expect there's three more games before the All Star break? Do you kind of expect this from Jokic? I mean, again, Jokic's bag nights are 21, 11, and seven on eight of 14 shooting. Like it was not a bad game. But do you expect? sort of perturbed Jokic? Or do you think, hey, maybe he dominates against the Celtics? I think he'll dominate against the Celtics. Like, okay. I think he gets up for, like, really, I think that it, it, it depends on the matchup. Not a challenge that he has. Yeah, not a challenge. And he also understood that, like, the Knicks don't roll over, but there was, gonna like, no way they could, like, hang with them the entire time. Against Boston, I think he looks at that like, this is, like, a, a really good team. I'm going to have to, like, come out. And he's going to have to play better, so... I think that he is going to bounce back. And, I mean, look at, like, he still had a good game. Right. What does the bounce back even look like? Just, like, a little bit more effort? Yeah. And you might be right about the overlook factor, which, you know, he wouldn't state explicitly himself. But is he now 13-1 and against the Knicks in his career or 12-1? and I don't know. I think it was something crazy like that going into tonight. So maybe it just wasn't a, a wake-up-the-bear kind of night. But <laughs> He's like, the Knicks always suck no matter who they have. <laughs> yeah. We'll be fine. We'll be never fine. seen them good. Uh I'm in love with Aaron Gordon. I really am, man. Like, I can't love this guy any more than I already do. I I can't believe – there was somebody – I'm not going to say any names or the name any websites but or stations perhaps, but there was somebody today who wrote a piece talking about how Jeremy Grant was better than Aaron Gordon, this or that. Aaron Gordon is such a perfect fit. And somebody said overpaid. Like, they over – like, Aaron Gordon has been so good, man. And tonight, I do feel like he's getting better. I also feel like when he's healthy – Every game is a banger. Tonight he had 19 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 8 of 12 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3. I am up to the point with Aaron Gordon where on his catch and shoot, like, corner threes, and on some of those on the wing when, like, everything is in rhythm, I'm kind of like, that's in. I've turned the corner on it where I actually kind of count on him as a floor spacer now. In addition to all the other things I just love that he does, including passing. Come on, where were you guys at? Are you guys with me on this? Oh, with how, <laughs> how could you not be? I, someone tweeted at us at DMVR Nuggets tonight that after Jokic, with this group, AG's the next guy they trust. And I he, think that's fair. It's easy, easy. I mean, he's been really, really good. And also, 
specifically in the ways that you would hope he would be good in Denver. And that's really the part of this that just feels like such a home run. Just the the, the focus on being shot ready, knowing Jokic is going to find him, not a career shooter, turning himself into one here. The work and transition, the pick and roll. I sound like the ball don't stop guy right now. The connector passes, that passing shit, <laughs> that comes real easy to a true hooper like this. Uh, that's a <laughs> reference, but... No, AG's just it. been awesome. He's just been so good, and he is he is such a perfect complementary piece alongside Jokic. Can't imagine how good it's going to look when those guys come back. I'm glad that you said like he's a comp, like a perfect complementary piece. He understands that. Yes. He does yeah. not want to be more than what he is. Like he he really does enjoy winning. He enjoys <laughs> yep. being in this situation where he you know he can showcase what he is. And it's going to be good enough. And I think that's what's, you know, wild where you try to peg him against like a Jimmy Grant or someone like that. He doesn't care about all that. Right. Like at no point has he ever like even made a comment about nope. they want to, you know, they want me to come in and be Jeremy. Grant. He doesn't care about that. Right. He comes in, he does his job every single night. And I think that we're starting to see him open up even a bit more. I think that it's like intentional for him to sit in the, in the, in the three point spot. Because it just takes that guy away from the rim and it lets Jokic go. And he's now starting to knock down the three-point shot, which I think that makes him happy. Because he's like, I've always wanted to shoot the ball. And now I'm in a situation I can shoot the ball. I'm not only an athletic guy. So it's great when he dunks. It's also great when he shoots it now and he's starting to look confident. But I think that like he's a really a perfect player alongside Jokic. And, and it's like going to be there for years, which I'm excited about. I'm just so excited to see him with Michael Porter again. Like I, All yeah. these little actions you yep. run. I just have a feeling defenses are going to have their heads spinning, trying to like not switch things and this and that. And Gordon, I mean, this is the biggest silver lining of the season. I mean this. The biggest silver lining is that you basically got two years worth of experience between Jokic and AG already in half of a season or a little bit more than half of a season because there's nothing else. Like, you got to go to it a lot. So I feel like as you add these other pieces in, the chemistry there, it's not going to be wasted. It's not like now that no. goes away. It's like that now punishes everybody else to make the two-man game with Jokic and Murray easier. Like, I'm, I'm just I, – I, when they traded for him, I liked the move. Whatever. I had no idea it was going to work out this well. Plus, right now, the Nuggets are simple to guard, and maybe one of the few things yeah, you're concerned so with is the AG yoke stuff, and how much more complicated does that all get once you reintroduce those pieces? And I think I do think there will be an adjustment period of, oh, like, we can't just double in front and bracket yoke right now? Like, we can't just do that? Um, it's it's Porter and Gordon on the floor at the same time. How do we match up with that? So it's real. Jokic and Gordon looking as good as they have is is such a silver lining that in a sense it almost trumps all the other stuff we've had to just trudge through because if they do right. get back to full strength right. you're gonna have a lot of confidence in those five as you should it's kind of funny too like in a weird way i'm more certain that gordon is a part of the like successful future of this team than i am maybe michael porter and michael porter is like a better player you know he scores at, certainly at a higher level and raises the team ceiling but like murray Jokic. Gordon I'm like yep that's for sure three guys that belong in a the other two is it Michael Porter I hope so because I love watching him play I love when he catches fire but we just haven't seen enough to to be as confident as I am that AG is a perfect Jokic player Will Barton was really good tonight guys yeah, eight of 12 from the field four of six from the three-point line his three-pointers becoming money he had 20 points seven rebounds five assists but he made so many great passes I yep. mean the assists were like Harlem Globetrotter stuff tonight <laughs> yeah he had the crazy one like <laughs> 
It's not even a behind. What do you call it, Dev? It was behind the back, but also over the head at the same time. I don't even know if there's a name for that. And also, like, he's the only guy that's going to even try a play like that for the Nuggets. Yeah. Like, that was wild for him to even try it. But, like, it just goes to show he's going to be himself every single time. Like, the good and the bad. And this was a really good game from him. And he didn't have to overstep and do it. He went 8 of 12, like, from the field. So he still got his shots, shots up, but he was, like, consistent like he was efficient he also like passed the ball so you can't say that he's overdoing it or anything like that and also they even staggered him and let him play with that second unit and, and got him going in different ways um so like if this is the will barton you could get where he's just being this like consistent and just like doing everything a bit of everything that's what you need from him like this was like a uh high haters type of game from will barton yeah, and Barton, I believe he's averaging 4.2 or around 4 assists per game this year. So, 5 assists tonight, but being that much in playmaker mode, not as much as an outlier as it sometimes is stated. I feel like this is close to his season average, but his approach was clear tonight. From the first quarter, he was trying to be that guy setting his teammates up. Uh, and it was just a great game. And three starters had a really bad game tonight. So, the plus minus is... is pretty rough for the starters but i thought ag and barton were damn near flawless tonight yeah and particularly with each other yeah. right just the passing was great the decision making was great really really good game from barton who had a better homestand than the way we talked about him after the pelicans game game you know sort of lingers or whatever taste that leaves in the mouth you know i've i i would kind of stop myself from going this hard about it in the pregame show i do not need to trade will barton right i watched the starting five last year they were really effing good. They all fit really well together. Starters this year, plus starters point four net. So that's two different starting lineups they've built where Will Barton's a part of, where they look like world beaters. And the problem's the bench right now. So, I mean, I'll go, yeah, man, F it. I, I personally, like, I get why it was on the table because of where they were at with assets this year, but I'm over it. You don't need to show Will, trade Will Barton. You can win with Will Barton, and I hope they do. Absolutely, man. Um, Jeff Green, Monte Morris, I thought pretty unremarkable from both of them tonight. I don't really have a lot of notes. What I will say, Jeff Green, a, you know, a slew of bad games a little bit over here. He probably could use the all-star break. Also tonight, only 18 minutes, which was interesting. By mm -hmm. the way, Will Barton, 37 minutes for a game that's a blowout. That's a little bit of bad time management from Michael Malone, but what, what can you do? Do you guys have any Jermichael Green or Jeff Green or Monte Morris thoughts? Well, Jeff Green, really, I just like, it has been a lot of games in a row, like, not like he's not like atrocious or yeah. unplayable he's just kind of out there just he's kind not of doing going. anything special yep. for you like a ball if it's a 50 50 rebound not getting it like, like all <laughs> yeah, that like he's, he's never gonna be like he's smart enough to like coast like just yeah, really be there he's coasting where he's not gonna like give up on plays so like he's gonna oh, like dead. play hard and, and he's gonna like hard foul he's gonna do everything that you need him to do but he's also not playing well yeah so like i don't know how to feel about that also you don't want to put him in a second unit plan like that because like if he's just going to be like a, a net zero then like keep him with the starters because they like they get it and also you know what to expect from him like guys know when when he gets the all right, if they pass the ball to him he's they're going to get it right back and i think they enjoy that and he's going to set a hard screen and and they could play off of that as far as monte morris i was a little bit shocked that he wasn't as aggressive today as he has been um, especially like with the guard play from the Knicks, um, not like a horrible game because he like he still takes care of the ball. He didn't have right. any turnovers in the game, um, and he had what six assists. But also like I just 
I thought he would be a little bit more aggressive scoring the ball, but I think this was a game where he also, just like Jokic, understood other guys had it going. I'm not going to just overdo it. Let's try to get someone else going. Yeah. Why don't we hit our final break here on the other side? I know Harrison wins almost done wrapping it up. We delayed the show a little bit. Let us know what you guys think of it. I think it's going to work. It's going to make the show one hour, which is much better. Um, but, yeah, let's hit a break on the other side. We'll hit our super chat. We'll hear from Harrison Wynn. Bounce around the association. Okay, we got another new read, but I, I, I'm ready. I can. I found this one. Ready for the most absolutely rhetorical question of all time? Have you not been able to watch the Nuggets and Avalanche games? Man, you are all over the place with these ad reads. <laughs> what? This is okay, the one we're okay, at. Okay, I got you. I see Evoca it. TV is a totally new paradigm for TD delivery that is less expensive, more efficient, and offers a superior picture than legacy dope. providers. Service includes local networks like Altitude Sports and That's other right. national channels. Did you guys hear that part? Altitude Sports is on Ivaca TV. Uh, how do you sign up? You can go to Ivaca.tv slash DNVR. Hey, that's us. Ivaca.tv slash DNVR. Only $25 per month. That's right. Uh, no contracts, no hidden fees. Prices locked in for two years. This is the future, by the this way. This is the future, This is baby. the future. We've all been talking about this dispute between cable and, and, and you know, the different uh, channels or whatever. This is the way around it, man. By the way, CEO of the company. Baller from Colorado College. We went to school together. No, no kidding. Yeah, she was she was awesome. She was a dope baller. That's awesome. So hey, listen, if you just pulling your hair out, not sure what else to do, what else to try to watch your nugs in your abs, how about Evaca TV? Evaca.tv slash DNVR. Give Sexy. us the reviews too. I want to see people that do this. $25 to get to watch the nuggets? Come on. Hey, if you went to our Broncos tailgates this season, then you certainly tried or at least smelled or at least heard about that delicious, sexy pizza because we had it in abundance. They were uh, they were catering for us all tailgate season long, and they did a great job. If you're not sure what sexy pizza is, well, it's Denver, baby. It's local. 13 years in the community. They've got hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch dough each morning. Plus, try their signature philanthropy pies, one of those signature pies, and uh, the profits will go to select nonprofits in Colorado, so you can eat good and do good at the same time. To order online and get two 16-inch pizzas for $29.99, go to www.sexy.pizza and use this promo code, Sexy Super Bowl. I hope you guys can remember that, Sexy Super Bowl. This offer is only available Saturday and Sunday of Super Bowl weekend, so make sure to get in on this while you can. Additional toppings and vegan cheese can be added for an extra charge. Sexy Pizza, check them out. I never want to do another ad read again. <laughs> I hated that. Uh, all right, final segment here, Kale. Let's hit some Super Chats while we wait for Harrison. Michael says, Super Chat! Hell yeah. Big time. <laughs> big time one, Michael. Yeah, we Michael. appreciate that. That one's a banger. Uh, David Ross says, is Jamal Murray real? It's becoming like when dad left and you can't be sure he was real except for the dusty photo of him and mom in the mantle. David, worth the second Super Chat. Can I tell you guys something? I totally get this, man. I totally feel this. Like, honest, this is what happens when players get hurt. It's like, hey, man, you're going to come back and whatever. And then it's just like nine, ten months go by and you're kind of like, dude, I don't even remember what that was like. I know. I do feel that way, man. It it's was sad. awesome. It was. I, I do remember that. that. I remember it, was it being pretty cool. Sick. Um, is that it? No, nobody else oh, had okay, cool. riff on that? All right. Here we go. Francisco says, when Jamal comes back, you think the starters going to have to adjust to him or him to the team? I'm thinking in AG's top season and two-man game with Yoke. It's an interesting question. I don't think it's that interesting. <laughs> he's he's going to be himself, like really, and they're going to they're going to be excited to just have a ball handler um, that can also knock down the three ball at a high rate. He probably is going to be a like a really good shooter still. Yeah. Like I really think that 
just because of how Monte has played, it's not going to be like a huge difference as far as like uh, dribble handoffs and, and things like that. But also, it's still Jamal Murray, and and they've been getting good guard play as well. So I don't think that they're going to have to. He's going to have to adapt. I think they're going to like make it work around him. Yeah, I I actually think there will be. I I do think Jamal Murray's going to have to adapt. I just don't think he's going to be very quick. And, yeah, and to do all of the yeah, things that I you need to that. do, he needs to be quick. Um. You know, Denver still runs the two-man game with Monte, so I don't know that they have developed this other like style, but I do think that there's going to be an adjustment period to Jamal not being able to do all the things that you kind of expect a point guard to be able to do in that two-man game. So, Or that he wants to do even. Right? And you might even yeah. see, to be honest, I know this is crazy. This might sound a little crazy. You might see a lot of Monte Murray minutes, just and Monte's playing in the off-ball role, like, you know, because that might be easier for him to get adjusted game speed. So, I look, man. We saw it with Clay Thompson. We see it with any time a player comes back from injury, there's an adjustment period. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Jeremy says, 333 for number three. Busy Bones is the truth. Thanks, Tim. Yes, thanks, yeah. Tim. Dude, Busy Bones is such a Tim pick <laughs> in that he's awesome and that he's like, uh, t- of course, Tim saw it. I just want to thank Tim for consistently bringing good players to Denver because yeah. uh, I've heard an awful lot about what it used to be like here. Didn't seem like there were a lot of good players coming through, man. Uh, and Tim is just just finding them one after another. This is awesome, man. This yeah. is awesome. Love bones. What else we got? Shonix says, "Hi guys, do you have any news about trades?" Um, you know, we did a pre we did a show in the preview the pregame show. If you guys don't know, those pregame shows aren't just talking about the game. They're about 50-50. Some talking about the game, some talking about other topics, almost like a mini podcast. We did discuss. So if you want to hear the latest as of today about the trades, you can go ahead and watch that one. But I'll also let you know on Thursday at 12:30 p.m. Mountain Time, we're going to be going live. That's 30 minutes before the trade deadline, final buzzer. We're going to be going live. Probably something will have happened by then, and we'll be reacting to it. We'll probably also do a show tomorrow just talking about the latest rumors and trades and everything that's happening. So we will have no shortage of trades content for you guys uh, in podcast form as well as some written stuff behind the paywall. Tight. Um, should we bounce around the association real quick, Kale? How I is think, this possible? I think uh, Harrison is... is pretty close here so what do we have you already have a around the association up no i was just thinking how how is it possible that win's not ready i know uh, it's crazy, crazy uh the trailblazers got blown out by the magic this new look trailblazers is the saddest team of all time my god <laughs> yeah. i kind of love it it is depressing <laughs> i kind of like it well, i would yeah. not mind the blazers being the sacramento kings for the next 10 years and <laughs> hopefully they retain nurkic through it all that would be great um the mavericks beat the hell out of the pistons another Man, I hate when there's dumb game. There's another dumb game. The Pelicans beat up on the Rockets. Rockets, Pistons, Magic. Yeah, cool. There was a lot of blowouts to like tonight. It was like not a, a good fun night. It was just a lot of blowouts everywhere. Boston got out to a twenty eight to two lead over Brooklyn. How'd your boy do well in Brooklyn? I hear he played well, so I'm not super stoked on it. I'll oh, check he was though. Only seven eleven. Seven of eleven. But what do you guys thirty two? Honest question, what oh. do you think's gonna happen with Brooklyn? Are they gonna be they're still here's the crazy thing. They are title favorites right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. I have zero confidence that that group wins a title together. They are actually that second unit is horrible. Like uh, it is a lot of guys not playing right now in their main like core, but also that second unit you really don't believe in. And like, how how are people not talking about um, like that type of losing streak? It doesn't matter 
that you know their guys aren't playing like how are you title favorites and you're on like a nine game lo like losing streak it should be talked about more apply pressure I mean, like, none of their stars are playing, but that's also the point, right? They're not playing for reasons that are all KD, an older player coming off an injury history. He has an injury. Harden, a guy who's quit on his teams before, looks like he's quitting. So here's, a, here's a take. This is a hot take, and it's a bit of an old man take. But, you know, Shaq went in on Ben Simmons the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it on, on, on TNT. And it was, you know, obviously Ben Simmons deserves it. But he talks about, I... You know, Magic and Larry made it so that we all could make money doing this. Before that, you know, there was it wasn't guaranteed you were going to make a lot of money. Michael took it to a whole other level. He made it so we all made more money. He's I came in, I made it so we all made more money. When you are willing to throw away thirty-three million dollars as Ben Simmons is this year, basically saying you could find me, I'll lose my paycheck because the money doesn't matter to me. Okay, I'm pr Prince. There's reasons maybe you want to do that. I look at the Brooklyn Nets team and I kind of feel the same way. This, you know. When you devalue the regular season this much, mm. I understand rest. I understand taking a day out. It sucks. It makes the product worse, but I understand it. But the Nets, and really, like, this has been a staple of a lot of the Kyries, the Katies, of just ma making it, not even hiding the fact that you don't value the regular season. And now you have a Brooklyn team that's lost, what, nine in a row. They're still title favorites. How do you sell that to advertisers? How do you sell that to television that, like, hey, we're going to play 82 games a year. The players are going to make sure everybody knows they don't think it matters. <laughs> but uh, we want top dollar for this. Like, at, at some point, I do feel all players should feel a responsibility for the league. If you're benefiting, if you're making $500 million because of the road all these guys have paved, you sort of owe it to hand the next generation that same thing that you mm. benefited from. And so to me, I I never like the idea of resting players like egregiously. I do think there's moments where you can find it in the season. But a complete disregard for the regular season to me. I kind of feel like that's what Brooklyn... When I saw today that they were title favorites, and I'm like, they've lost nine in a row. Does nobody care? But, I mean, the, everybody knows. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, and it's the, the guys that they have, too. Like, they're like, not to say arrogant, but like... KD will like tell you he doesn't really care about those type of right. things. Like he's very honest about those, th you know, things. Kyrie is Kyrie. You KD's know he's going to make a billion dollars when it's all said and done. He's yeah. been one of the best investors in yeah. terms of athletes turned investor. He's going to make a billion. He's going to be a billionaire when it's all said and done. So it really doesn't matter to them. I, that's that's. <laughs> but again, the thing. it should. It's not matter as in like you. It matters yeah. as in what are you handing down. That's this is my whole point about it. And by the way, I feel the same way in the abstract about LeBron. I I feel like a lot of like LeBron's things have been like. Is this good for the league, though? Like, I know it makes sense for you, but yeah. is this like a thing that are you leaving the league in a place that's actually better or are you kind of making it a little shittier? The messing up the money point was really interesting, especially with regards to Simmons. I don't we don't have to go down that whole hole, but I hadn't heard that point before. And the, the sort of responsibility to the past and future players of the game, um, like, hey, this money people think it's too much it's not an accident that we got here right you know? that's the thing so that's a really it's a really people had to point. fight if you actually go through the history people had to fight for this yes. for, for equal pay you know like oscar robertson famously uh did not do the all-star game they protested the all-star game for for uh free agency and for wages like there there is a chain here of things that happen and it gets taken for granted and i just think it's, it's a big deal but we don't have to keep talking about it the uh, grizzlies are the best team in the nba they won 135 to 109 uh. second best team in the nba I can't believe how good they are, but they are this good. We just have to accept it. Um, we'll find out. As Matt Moore, my partner in lockdown, likes to point out, they are horrible in half-court offense. It just doesn't matter because they get out in transition <laughs> so well. But maybe in the playoffs that won't matter. The Hawks continue to roll. They get 133 to 112 over the Indiana Pacers. <coughs> Trey Young, 34 points, 11 assists. He's fun again. I'm glad. 
Yeah, I, Hawks were down horrendous. They're back. And those vibes, those vibes took a sharp turn upward. So Let I guess see. that's cool. Tory Craig got the start tonight. He was a minus twenty-eight in twenty-nine minutes. Um, and then did my guy Bogdanovich? He did off the bench. Twenty-one points. He or twenty-one minutes. Thirteen points. Two assists, two rebounds, in what I'm hoping is his last game as a Hawk. <laughs> uh, bring me Bogdanovich. And how many uh, assists did he have? That playmaker. Two. <laughs> two. Oh yeah. Wait, oh, because your team Barton here. No, no, I'm just saying. We're just, just saying he's pointing out. You're just saying. I'm just saying. Trip down memory lane. Um, The 76ers lose to the Phoenix Suns tonight. Which is awesome because you're not catching the Suns That's out true. West. And you know what? Yoke versus MVP to MVP race. I do <laughs> care. And it's going to come down to a team record maybe. Well, Embiid had 34 and 12. Um, but he lost. But he did lose, so whatever. The Suns, man, just an absolute juggernaut. And then the Lakers right now getting beat down. By the Milwaukee Bucks. Absolutely destroyed. Their season is over. Um, it's wow. glorious to watch. All right, we got Harrison Wynn live from Ball Arena. Just shoving him dirt. Let's bring him in. Harrison, you're looking dapper. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so tell us, man, how was this game uh, being at Ball Arena? This was a pretty fun one to watch from here. I mean, the first quarter was a definite shootout at the OK Corral. Uh, nobody could miss. Knicks were on fire, um, but then, you know, the Knicks showed us who they really are, uh, a really bad offensive team on the toughest back-to-back -back in the NBA. Man, they made so many threes. Like, Denver's defense in that first quarter wasn't great, but the yeah. Knicks were also 7-12 from three, and it was just like everybody was getting – Randall was getting Tosh shots. Tosh Gibson was getting in. By the way, Joyce Randall, my all-time he's, – he's down there. He's on my least favorite players list. Yeah, Very high on it. All about stats. I can't believe that dude fooled me last year because I actually <laughs> felt I actually ate crow and I didn't need to. Why did I eat crow? Because I've always hated him. He had one good year and I'm like, well, I guess I was wrong. I just needed to be patient. No. No, you, you did need to be patient. But yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the other way. Anyway, sorry. That's a tangent, Harrison. Oh, please. Any Knicks slander, I'm always here for. You know that. There's a lot of Knicks fans at Ball Arena tonight, were there not? Yeah, there were. Um, at one point, there was an Obi Toppin chant getting started. Uh, that ended pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, there was, there was a bunch of Knicks fans. Man, like so there usually are. All these Knicks people moved to all these New York people. Crime's up. I don't know if you guys saw that. Crime's way up in Denver. I'm not saying Whoa. they're correlated. I'm just saying there's a lot of Knicks people here. They come in here. They chant for Obi Toppin, and they break into people's houses. It's crazy. What else we got? Okay. Um, easy, man. That's my homeland. <laughs> That's, I hate that. I hate that. All right, give us, get us to Malone. Uh, so Malone called this truly a team win. He said the bench came into the game in the first quarter and really ignited us, really built us a lead. Um, like you were just talking about, the starters, you know, everybody was scoring. Um, and shots were just going in. It was a close game until the bench really came in and got some separation. Um, he was talking about bones, and I thought this was a great a great quote from Malone. He said, you know, with a young player, there's always going to be highs and lows. Those are expected, and we welcome it. That's part of the maturation and development. And he shouted out bones is, what do you have, 20-something tonight? Um, but he also had six rebounds, and Malone was like, he's not afraid to get in there. And uh, – he really liked his rebounding tonight, too. Um, nice. And he was talking about, you know, J. Mike, who – J. Mike, man, talk about a, a showcase game ahead of the trade deadline. Wow. If there's a team that's thinking about J. Michael Green. He looked incredible tonight. I love the uh, idea of a team about to trade for a guy, but it's like, hold on. 
I want to see him one last time. One Let's last see what happens. We know we have 11 years of J Mike, but let me see this last game. Yeah, uh, Malone said his knee's been bothering him a little bit, but he called him the head of the snake of the bench unit, especially defensively. Uh, he, he said that unit kind of goes uh, how J Mike goes. If, if J Mike's playing well, no, that unit's going to play really well. That explains wrong. a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, he also shouted out Zeke. He, he loved how Zeke was attacking the glass tonight. Uh, the offensive rebounds that Zeke had, um, how he was banging inside. He really feels like he's making a leap in that area. And um, he also said it was really cool to beat the Knicks. He says it's always cool to beat the Knicks, uh, his hometown. So um, Malone really enjoyed the win tonight for sure. <laughs> All right. like it. Nice. Uh, what else? Uh, we all spoke with Jamichael Green tonight. We got J. Mike and Bones. And, you know, J. Mike shouted out the defense. He said that's where it started tonight. And he said that bench unit's really just growing more comfortable. Uh, we're just, we're, we know what we're capable of and, you know, we're getting more comfortable together. And uh, he shouted out Zeke, who, who, who he said just, you know, looks way more comfortable now than he did at the beginning of the season. Um, he's been in Bones' ear a lot. J. Mike says he has. Bones kind of called him a big brother. Wow. And it seems like J. Mike's been a guy that's been, you know, just giving Bones a lot of advice, uh, just always in his ear constantly during games, on and off the court. Um, he, he told Bones tonight that he's been doing a great job running his team. He's been impressed with how he's been point guarding um, as of late. So, um, yeah. Those two have been, you know, close. Over this the is the thing about a guy like Jay Mike that you, I mean, obviously we don't, we're not privy to, especially in the COVID era, but you know, you do hear those things. I mean, Yoke loves him. Then you hear big brother, you know, like the, there are those, those aspects to, to Jermichael Green and what he brings to the table. So should he be moved thing? They might be met lacking. Yeah. Right. No. And, and Jay Mike talked about that tonight. He said like, look, I'm a glue guy who always plays hard, plays with energy. Uh, but then the locker room, you know, I'm a guy who's going to you know, speak up, talk with guys, take guys aside, stuff like that. So, yeah, um, he definitely has value you know, to this team for some of the stuff he does off the court as well. And uh, this was funny. I asked J.M. Mike how he's approaching the trade deadline, and he said, um, I'm not really paying that much attention to it. I still get paid on the 1st and the 15th. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's his mentality. All right. He did say he, he, of course, wants to be here and, and see this thing through and um, see what this team can do when everybody's fully healthy because we obviously haven't really seen that. Said so he's just controlling what he can control. Okay, good stuff. And then we talked to Bones as well. And, I mean, of course, the big storyline with Bones over the last couple of weeks is him playing backup point guard. He said tonight, I had no idea about this, against Milwaukee, he wrote the plays down on his wrist on a piece of tape. That was attached to his wrist. Huh. He wrote seven to eight plays on his wrist in Sharpie, he said, because, you know, he's transitioning into this new position. Uh, there's been some talk that he's had trouble remembering the plays in the past, but um, that was, I, I thought, an interesting insight uh, into just kind of him. That's wild. Point guard position. Dude, yeah. I we laughed over that Popeye Jones comment. To me, that is the single biggest explanation for why it took so long to move uh, no Bones question to about point it. guard. No question about it. Was it was real. Yeah. That, and that anecdote definitely We laughed, but we cringed it. too. Yeah, we laughed I mean, and, and, he definitely <laughs> didn't know the playbook then. 
It's also yeah. funny, like, what does it mean to write the play down? Like, literally just the name? Like, he remembers the play but can never remember the name? I think just the name, because, I mean, how much more can you really write <laughs> on your wrist? A whole diagram of the play? Like, hold on. Yeah. Five no, because I, I asked him, like, did you, like, type this up on a computer and print it out? He's like, no, I just wrote it in Sharpie. So it must just be <laughs> the name of the play. Huh. This is incredible. I don't know what to think of it, but um, it's incredible. You ever written on Sharpie, like, in a, like a basketball play? No. What? I, I that doesn't that, make sense. It doesn't actually make I sense. I did that during a test crazy. once, but <laughs> yeah, I took some test. more detailed notes on my arm. It actually doesn't make yeah. sense where you're like, oh, yeah, we're in a motion. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, I don't think he's doing that anymore. I think that was just for that one game. He said he feels so much more comfortable now with the plays okay. and that position and running that unit out there. Um, I thought this was interesting. Bones was asked, you know, if anybody has been reaching out to him because, of course, you know, he's always online. He's always on social media. Yeah. Uh, he was pissed off he didn't make the Rising Stars game. He was asked if anybody, you know, vets in the league or whatnot have reached out to him. He says he talks to Isaiah Thomas almost every day. And also Sue Bird, he talks to a lot about playing the point guard position. Huh. Sue Bird. That's awesome. Yeah, that's Would a, not that's have a, picked that one out. That's dope, man. Yeah. Uh, and then he was talking about J. Mike as well. He said he thinks J. Mike is the core of the team. Um, how I don't know if he really meant like core as in how we think of core, like Nicole Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, but the core is in like the way he plays when he's banging inside, when he's grabbing contested rebounds, it yeah. makes you want to play even harder. Yeah, he's a heartbeat of the team for sure. I think yeah, that's right. The heartbeat. The yeah. heartbeat. Uh, he said, when he's locked in, we're all locked in. And finally, he was asked about um, putting Kemba Walker on the hardwood tonight and hitting that three and pointing at him. And he just said the guys in the locker room were, like, congratulating him and stuff. And this is something interesting about Bones. When he posts on Twitter, he says he never sees the replies. He says he posts and then he just logs off. Survey and says that was what it does. <laughs> that was a lie. Maybe, yeah. maybe. And he said that he's not going to look on Twitter to see what the reaction was to that play. I don't know if I believe him. There's no there's no way. There's yeah. no way. Yeah, he has text messages and everything. Searching the searching, <laughs> doing Google searches. He's also going to favorite every single one of them. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Good for Bones, That's though. Uh, Good for Bones. Lying is pretty tight, though. I do, I do, <laughs> lying is so tight. I do like lying. What about you, Wynn? Do you have any, any thoughts about this game or just kind of overarching perspectives? Um, I don't know if I have you know many other thoughts. The bench was great. Um, I mean... Bones was electrifying tonight, 4-7 from 3. Every single 3 he made, it felt like a big 3. Mm, like yeah. When you're watching a Bones game live, every 3 he makes feels momentum changing. Um, he's playing to the crowd, of course. You know, He's celebrating every made shot that he has. Um, he's, he's incredibly fun to watch, so it's, it's a treat to watch him live. That's, that's for sure. Crowd definitely loving him, man. He definitely gives some energy. Then that that's the thing that, you know, as he gets older, will the novelty wear off? I'm not so sure. I think this is who he is. Some guys are just energy guys. Like J.R. Smith was this way. He just the crowd loved it. He met his threes were yeah. worth a little bit more. Yeah. The other thing, back to back, really nice games from Will Barton. I think. 
21, 6, and 4 against Brooklyn the other night and 27 and 5 tonight. I thought he was really, really good. Four yep. six from three. Uh, he was big tonight, I thought. Like tonight is the type of game where you're like, okay, this is why Will Barton can be so freaking valuable for this right. team. Right. Yep. And by the way, four threes tonight. I think he's now ten or eleven shy of the all-time record. So he's yep. he's really getting close to that. It's gonna happen. Maybe before the All Star break, maybe shortly after there, should he not be moved? So, um, kind of a cool milestone. I mean, it's not too often you see a guy take over the number one spot on like a major, you know, leaderboard, major ranking. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, a guy taking over the number one spot who was a god awful shooter coming out of college. That's right. And now he's about to lead the Nuggets in franchise their franchise history of threes made. It's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Well, Harrison, good stuff, man. Thanks so much. Uh, get home safe from the arena, and we'll see you tomorrow. Um, and that does it, guys. I don't know if we have any any final thoughts before we get out. My what final you... thought is, did you guys see Giannis's stat line tonight? What was it? He uh, 44 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists, 17 of 20 from the field. Going up against? Anthony Davis. The Lakers. Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I know there was one highlight where he just like backs LeBron down, takes a little spinning turnaround. Meaningful, man. I'm telling you, this really is Giannis's league. He's the champ. Oh, I love it. Ever since he's he the did champ. that uh, that thing against LeBron, I was like, I'm all, I'm all I, in. And I, what I love about Giannis is, you know, sometimes you do need to send a message. Like huh. he won, he put 50 points up in in the finals last year, and, and people still like try to go back and forth. Like, I like when a guy is like, "No, guys, I'm the champ. That's the thing that matters the most." Yeah. You guys are all just trying to come get my crown, which is true, right? That's weird to think, man. We're in different days. Jokic is going to get there. That's right. He will be there. I can't wait for it. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Hit that like button on the way out. Don't forget, trade coverage coming up here. Bing bong. We'll see you then.